You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, take your seats. I said take your seats. Class, sit. I swear you're all acting like a bunch of animals. Pet Life Radio presents Teacher's Pet, where you'll learn how to understand and communicate with your pet and train them to be the best pet they can be. It's time to see the world from your pet's point of view. So give a tail-wagging welcome to your Teacher's Pet host on PetLifeRadio.com. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Hi, welcome to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. This is Pia Slavani, Director of Training and Behavior at St. Hubert's Animal Welfare Center in Madison, New Jersey, and your new host. I hope you enjoyed all of Sarah's lectures and hope we can continue to satisfy you and your needs. We have a very exciting topic today and a special guest, Elizabeth Catalano, who has firsthand experience having trained her deaf dog, an Australian shipper, high levels of performance. The title of today's topic is, Can You Hear Me Now? Liz is a trainer at St. Hubert's Animal Welfare Center in Madison, New Jersey, and is in the process of writing her first book about training deaf dogs. So many people feel deaf dogs cannot be trained. During the next half hour, Liz will enlighten us about the mysterious topic. Before we meet Liz, let's take a short break to hear from our sponsors. Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's Pet will be back in two shakes of a tail, right after recess. Does your dog have problems walking with its back legs? If so, your dog is one of 58 million dogs that suffer with problems with its rear leg, problems such as spinal myelopathy, arthritis, and hip dysplasia. Bottoms Up Leash helps your dog walk. It's a rear support harness that has won numerous awards, such as Dog Fancy's Editor's Choice Award, as Product of the Year, and it's been featured on CBS and Good Morning America. Visit the website www.seniorpetsupplies.com. Pick up something unique at a Bone to Pick Dog Boutique. A Bone to Pick has cool hip fashions for big and small dogs that will have their tails wagging in style. Cat products too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Check out our eco-friendly pet products and gifts for humans too. A-B-O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-K.com. Get your pet's mouth watering monthly with our Gourmet Treat of the Month Club. And join a Bone to Pick's free birthday club for your puppy. A-B-O-N-E. Dash to dash P-I-C-K dot com. Pick up something special for your best friend at a bone to pick. A B O N E dash to dash P-I-C-K dot com. Get 10% off with coupon code PetLife. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not gonna take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander is up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Join us each week on Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Amy Shojai, will talk about what makes you howl and what hisses you off. Pet Peeves, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. 
Okay, teacher's pet. Pay attention. There may be a quiz later. Welcome back. This is Pia Silvani, your new host on Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. I'd like to welcome today's guest, Elizabeth Catalano, who will be talking to us about training deaf dogs. Hi, Liz. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, P. I'm excited to be here. Yes, uh, we're really excited about this topic because we don't hear much about it. I know you adopted a deaf dog as a puppy. Yes. And where did you get him from? He came from St. Hubert's Animal Welfare Center. And do you have any of his background? All I know is that he came from West Virginia, and he was um, slated to be euthanized when St. Hubert's brought him up to New Jersey. Um, and asked me to foster him, and I fell in love with him, and fostering didn't really occur. How, and how long did you foster him for? About five minutes. We pretty much decided right away that we were going to And what made you decide to adopt uh, him as well as a deaf dog, and were there any concerns? I guess initially I was a little concerned because, you know, so many things that you hear, and, and I, I just wasn't sure I would be able to keep him as safe as I wanted. I didn't know if I'd be able to always call him when I needed to. Um, so there was a little bit of concern about that, but he was so attentive and just so sweet that those fears were quickly allayed. Yeah, that's got to be a big concern for many people, I'm sure, wondering how they call their dog who can't hear. Working on keeping attention is a really important thing. Um, there are a couple different ways to, to get a dog to recall, we call recall, um, to you. Um, one is a, a tap on the shoulder, and I started that when he was very young. Um, for a twofold reason. Mostly what people are concerned with with deaf dogs is that they will startle easily and then become aggressive and bite, which is a fallacy. But in order to keep them from being nervous when touched unexpectedly, I tapped him, and every time I would tap him very gently or blow on him very gently, um, he would get a treat. And then I would oh. encourage him to follow me. So it was very positive than the tap, so he wouldn't Always startle. Always kept it very positive. A very light tap. If he was asleep, it was a little puff of air. Um, and as soon as he opened his eyes or as soon as he turned to look at me, um, he would get a treat for that. And then I would run away and he would chase me. So it became a little game for him. So now getting tapped is a really big deal. He thinks that's, that's a, a great game. Um, and then from there, we moved on to something called a vibrating collar to get his attention. Good. And I know we're going to talk about that later, but that's a great idea, especially for children, too. I guess if they own a deaf dog, that could be something positive for them. Absolutely. Any ideas of what might cause deafness in dogs? Well, there are a lot of different ways that dogs can become deaf, and it's not that much different than humans. Genetic defects can cause a dog to be born deaf, and that's what would be considered congenital deafness. Um, They can lose their hearing due to an ear infection, um, an injury. They may experience gradual hearing loss or or even fast hearing loss as they get older. Exposure to a loud noise can cause hearing loss, and it can also be done by certain drugs. Certain drugs cause that. Oh, very interesting. So I guess it is important, as, as pet owners know, that cleaning their ears is critical. Yeah, because real bad ear infections deep down can actually cause problems to the eardrum. So it is important to keep your dog's ears clean, especially if you have dogs that, that have drop ears, because those are more likely to have ear infections. So you should be seeing your vet regularly and, and checking their ears for that. Um, but it also can be caused by genetic defects as well, and that's probably the most common reason that we see deafness in dogs, and it's usually pigment-related. Um, dogs that are white don't have pigment inside the ear canals, and that causes the the hair that's inside the ears that would tra- help transmit sound to not develop properly. Fascinating. And for those out there who may be wondering if their dogs happen to be deaf, is there any way that you can tell? The absolute perfect way to tell is a bear test. That's a B-A-E-R test. Not everybody performs it, and it can be a little bit expensive, but that is the only surefire way to tell. But there are ways that you can kind of deduce it at home. And for those of us who have deaf dogs, we've never had a doubt in our minds. I've never had my dog bear tested, but I'm confident that he cannot hear. 
startling sounds and seeing if they turn to orient towards those sounds can help you determine whether or not your dog is deaf. You have to be careful because they can feel air, um, air movement or vibrations. So if you, if you clap your hands, the movement of air from the clap can sometimes make the dog turn around. So you want to do things that, don't, that make noise but aren't necessarily going to move the air around too much, like jingling keys or a rattle or, or a can with some coins in it and, see, and hold it behind your back um, and see if the dog orients to that sound. That's great advice. Also, for those people who might be interested in doing the bear test, can you give us a little more information on that? I can. There are a couple sites um, around the country that do do them, and and probably the best way to to figure that out is to um, go to a website which lists all of the different bear test sites. Um, You can check that out on www.isu.edu slash deafness slash bear site, B-A-E-R-S-I-T-E dot H-T-M. And can you repeat that one more time, Liz? www.isu.edu slash deafness slash bearsite.htm. Terrific. Wonderful. Tell us a little bit about how you communicate with a dog that cannot hear. Yeah, that's the most common thing that people ask about. They're, they can't understand how it's easy to communicate with a deaf dog. But I think the first thing to remember is that dogs don't communicate verbally. Um, they do do their growls and their barks and things like that, but that's not their primary mode of communication. Primarily, dogs communicate with body language. So, and, and so they're used to watching each other for messages and, and for clues on what's going on. Um, so using body language with a deaf dog really isn't all that unusual. Most trainers know that when they're training their dogs, they stay pretty quiet. We don't want to add a lot of extra noise or cues to it. So when you're training, even a hearing dog, usually you're very quiet. So training a deaf dog isn't all that different. It's all with body language and hand signals. And since dogs obviously speak to other dogs with body language, are there any concerns that someone might have if they have another dog in the household? Well, it is important to socialize deaf dogs young. Um, One of the things that I, I did with Navarre when he was a puppy was make sure I got him around some very social dogs um, that would be patient with him and take time and really show him what the body signals that they were giving meant. Um, my, one of my older dogs, a female, gives very protracted warning signals for, for puppies. Um, so he was really able to watch her closely um, and understand where, where that was going to. Um, so now just the way she turns her head and looks at him or she lifts her lip, he knows exactly what that means. Um, so it was important to socialize him really early and And that's an important thing people should think about with their dogs. And um, I know for a fact that he's quite a playful dog, isn't he, with other dogs? Yes, he is. He enjoys (laughs) a good romp. Um, And that is something that's that's common to deaf dogs, too. They they don't always um, hear with their play partner um, is saying enough is enough. A squeak or a squeal um, isn't always heard by the deaf dog. So sometimes it's important to, to monitor the play sessions and make sure that the other dog isn't getting overwhelmed because the deaf dog might not always understand that. Yeah, that's a great point because we as trainers know that when a dog has had enough, they might give a low growl. But if the deaf dog is not watching okay, and doesn't see a lip curl, obviously he's not going to pick up on that signal. Right. The harder they're playing, the less likely they are really reading body language. They're really, you know, I know with Navarre, he gets really into play. Um, and so it's easy to miss those, those slight cues that, that a hearing dog might be more prone to know. Um, so it's important to really monitor the play and stop it if it appears like it's getting too rough. Great. Well, hang on one second. Uh, We'll be back to this exciting topic right after these messages from our sponsors. So hang tight. Don't go away. 
Okay, class, grab your tuna flakes, biscuits, and bones. Teacher's pet will be back in two shakes of a tail, right after recess. Fluff your feathers, roll out your tongue, shine your fins, snap on your leashes, and grab your human. It's the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo. Two full days of pet-tastic fun that no pet lover should miss. Join us for shopping, the Marks and Couture Fashion Show, Dream Pet Wedding, Ultimate Pet Makeover, Pet Communicator, Rescue Me Pet Adoption, Service Dog Demonstration, and tons of fun contests. Bring your pets and join us at the Louisville Pet Lovers Expo, Saturday, September 27th, and Sunday, September September 28th at the Kentucky Expo Center. For more information, go to LouisvillePetExpo.com. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No. To my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, class, hang up your collars and leashes. Teacher's Pet is back in session. Now park yourselves on the floor. I said park, not bark. Okay, Teacher's Pet. Pay attention, there may be a quiz later. Welcome back to Teacher's Pet on Pet Life Radio. This is Pia Slavani, your new host, and joining us today is Elizabeth Catalano from St. Hubert's Animal Welfare Center in Madison, New Jersey. Her topic today, can you hear me now? Talking about training deaf dogs. Welcome back, Liz. Hi, Pia. Well, you certainly enlightened us with some interesting facts about owning a deaf dog. Now let's talk about training one. Is there one particular piece of equipment you had mentioned a vibrating collar earlier that you used during the training of Navarre? Yes, I did teach him to respond to a vibrating collar. And a vibrating collar is very much like keeping your cell phone on vibrate when you don't want it to be heard in a room. 
Um, it's just a collar that, that's worn. Uh, it's got a little box, and it rests right on the base of their neck. And the person in charge would carry that in, carry a, a little remote control in their pocket. And when you want the dog, you press the button, the collar vibrates, and through training, the dog learns to turn around and orient and find out where you are. And are there other pieces of equipment that you use with the vibrating collar? No, that was pretty much it, except for some really high-level food to teach him what it meant in the very beginning. Um, I use the collar specifically for a recall. So if Navarre is not looking at me and he's a distance away, if I press that button, he'll turn immediately and come running back to me. Some people prefer to use that vibrating collar as a marker that lets the dog know that right at that moment he did something correct. Um, I use a thumbs-up sign and a flashlight as a marker for my dog, and I use the vibrating collar specifically for recalls. So explain to the audience what you mean about a marker. When dogs do a behavior um, and they get it correct, they do it right, um, you have to let them know right at that moment. It's almost like a snapshot in time as though you were taking a photograph of the behavior that you wanted. So as soon as the behavior occurs perfectly, you give them a sign. With most dogs, with hearing dogs, it would be a yes, or some people prefer to use a clicker. And that's where the clicker training comes in, where they hear the click, and that sound means you earned a treat. But for deaf dogs, obviously they can't hear that sound, so I use a thumbs up. So Navarre's always watching my hands to see if that thumb comes up so he knows if he did something right because you know what that means, a treat's coming. Wonderful, wonderful. And uh, you did mention about a recall. Obviously, that's going to be a concern for many people with deaf dogs. Can I ever have my dog off-leash if he can't hear? What are your suggestions? Uh well, it really is going to depend on the dog, and I think hearing dogs or deaf dogs alike, um, each one is uniquely suited for off-leash training. Some of them are not going to be able to do that, and some are, um, and I think that, that that limitation really depends on the dog. Um, I feel pretty confident Navarre is just about the age now where we're, we're going to start um, you know, removing that leash, um, and I feel pretty confident about that because we've done a lot of training, and he really responds nicely to the vibrating collar. We've tested it a number of times in a number of different um, distracting situations, and he's been able to you know, turn around when he feels that buzz and come back to me. So now that he's been tested a few times and we really know he's good at it, now I feel more comfortable with that. Certainly there may be dogs who you know, or have other motivations. Um, they may be more interested in rabbits or deer, and that vibrating collar is not going to be strong. But that would be the same in a hearing dog if you called them and they chose to ignore you. And how old is Navarre again? Navarre is two and a half. Okay. So what do you consider to be the most important cues to teach a deaf dog? That's a really good question. Um, I personally have found um, that the number one thing is attention. Um, with a deaf dog, if they're not looking at you, they're your communication system is down. Um, so I really reinforced a lot of attention, a lot of eye contact with Navarre from the time he was a puppy. And most people do comment on that. They don't notice that he's deaf, but they just notice he gives me really good attention. Um, wow, he can't take his eyes off you is usually the comment that I hear. Um, so that's the number one thing. Um, the, the other com uh, commands that I would teach that are important or that I found important, come, wait, which we consider impulse control, stay, and then your general commands can follow after that. But come, wait, and stay are the most important ones. And again, all done with reward-based training. All reward-based training, yeah. And taking it slow and taking it gradual. In fact, basic training classes at any school for a dog would be fine to take. The hand signals are not all that different. There are some things that I did teach Navarre that are more like American Sign Language. Um, but but the, the main signals like sit and down and stay and wait, those signs are, are very much the same as our standard obedience. Yeah, that's a great point because we do get many calls at St. Hubert's when people, when they phone in, they're interested in classes and they say, I'm thinking about taking my dog to class, but he can't hear. Mm -hmm. Can you train him? 
Mm-hmm. So now, now you've just encouraged many people, I'm sure, to take their dogs to class. Yeah, and I think most instructors of those classes are so excited about having a deaf dog and try, you know, seeing if it'll work and trying it that they're really very accommodating. Um, so it's worth a, worth a shot. The only things that you need to be prepared for um, before you get there is that marker cue um, and knowing that a thumbs up or a, a flick of a flashlight means they're getting a treat. Once you have that down, the rest of it's going to be pretty much a breeze. Great. And are there any special considerations in owning a deaf dog? Well, I guess fencing would probably be a really good one, um, just to be on the safe side. Um, because if the dog does escape out of the house and you're not, he doesn't have his vibrating collar on, it is going to be hard to get his attention and get him to come back. So fencing, just as a precautionary measure, is a really good thing. Right. And I know for a fact that um, you also did teach Navarre to swim, correct? I did. In fact, we just came back from swimming. Okay. Can you go over that a little bit, how you accomplished that with your deaf dog? Well... It was pretty easy. We we took him to a, actually took him to a school because I hadn't ever really taught a dog to swim, and I wanted to make sure that I didn't frighten him. Um, we used a flotation device for him, so a little like life jacket initially, so that he wouldn't sink and would get used to the water first. And we got him because he was real excited about balls, so we just put him in you know shallow water to play with the ball, and before you knew it, he was diving in. He no longer wears a life vest, and he's quite the swimmer. Or maybe I should say scuba diver because he dives in pretty far. <laughs> Were you concerned at all that um, he might just continue to swim out? I know people who are just starting to swim their dogs. Um, they're afraid their dog is going to keep swimming and not turn around. Yeah, that is a concern. I used a long line with Navarre. I have a 50 and 75 foot long lines that I use depending on where we're at. And that's just in case you get disoriented because there's a chance when you, sometimes you come out swimming and you're not really sure which end of the pool you came out of or which end of the lake you're out of. And so I do keep a long line on him when he's swimming just, just to be on the safe side. And I don't think that's a bad suggestion for hearing dogs either. No, I, I agree. And for those who maybe have trained their deaf dogs and they want to do something more than just basic training, any other recommendations? Oh, there's tons of things you can do with a deaf dog. Navarre already has his therapy dog certification, so he's able to go to hospitals to visit with sick people. He is preparing to compete in in obedience trials, hopefully starting in September, and he's also doing agility work. So hopefully by next year, we'll be competing in agility as well. Wonderful. And I like the point that you brought up because I compete in agility and I know how important it is for the dog to read your body language in agility. So for the deaf dog, it's almost natural with all the training you've done with them. It is. And, and you know, everybody goes, how do you do agility with a deaf dog? But it's, it's actually easier. It makes you a better handler because you become more aware of your body. Any slight little change that you make and the dog is going off, you're not counting on your verbal cues to keep things together. It's really all body language at that point. Yep. As we both know, if, if there's a mistake, it's our fault if the dog is making a mistake. It typically is us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Liz, if people want to contact you regarding training a deaf dog or talk to you a little bit more, where can they reach you? They can go to my website, which is www.thelittlewhitedog.com, and my email and my cell phone number are all on there so they can get in touch with me. And there are some other really good sites, too, that they can visit. Deafdogs.org is a really good site with lots of good information, lots of good resources for the deaf dog owner, so that would be a good place. You can also contact me through St. Hubert's, and St. Hubert's has a website, too, sthubert's.org, S-T-H-U-B-E-R-T-S dot O-R-G. Wonderful. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, and we would like to thank our guests and producers for making the show possible. Liz, I know you have started that new website, and I think it's wonderful. There's plenty of information on there, as well as on St. Hubert's website for general training. 
If you'd like a transcript of this show or any other shows on Pet Life Radio Network, please go to PetLifeRadio.com. That's P-E-T-L-I-F-E-R-A-D-I-O.com and click on Teacher's Pet. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for a show, please email me at Pia, P-I-A, at PetLifeRadio.com. Until next time, this is Pia signing off. Thank you, Liz, and thank you for your interest in Pet Life Radio. School's in session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet, only on PetLifeRadio.com.